On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Daniel Price from my first years. We talked about their growth from you know a brand new startup all the way to 30 million pounds, which I think translates to about 40 million uh, US dollars. And then for the you Canadians out there, that's like 50 million US. Um, so uh, really scaled up to, to a large scale business and has now stepped back from the day to day. And we talked about that whole evolution. And I, I think for anybody out there, you know, who's in the middle of that, this is a really, really important episode for you guys to hear. If you are a mid seven figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, how about growth in general? What about profitability? Supply chain issues got you down? You are not alone. As a brand owner myself, I totally get this. iOS 14 has ravaged many smaller brands. The good news, our clients at Upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched. Don't get me wrong. We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world, but we learned some incredible lessons along the way, and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Parker. It's the first card built exclusively for e-commerce. With the Parker card, you can access up to $10 million in zero interest credit with a rolling 60-day payback terms, meaning that you get true net 60 on every single transaction. If you're an e-commerce operator and you care about your business, get rid of your consumer-oriented mindset and stop optimizing for Amex travel rewards. Instead, use Parker and start learning about what your card partner can do for your business. What can you do with the cash flow freed up by using Parker's net 60 terms, you might ask? You can pump more money into advertising. You can test out that new channel or that new piece of content that you've been sitting on. You can increase your inventory orders. The list goes on and on and on. If you want to do more with your cash flow and grow your e-commerce business, Parker is the card for you. And yes, Parker is currently offering a $1,000 sign-up bonus for UpGrowth listeners. So go to getparker.com, chat with their team today, and please make sure to let them know where you came from. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today, I am joined by Daniel Price from My First Years. Daniel, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thank you for having me, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I'm really looking forward to this conversation, even just a little bit of the preamble that you and I had. I think there's going to be some really good stuff that we're going to touch on. Daniel, for people who don't know anything about you, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So uh, I'm Daniel Price. I started a company called My First Years uh, about 12 years ago now, which is a personalized children's gifting brand uh, based out of the UK. But we uh, we ship worldwide, ship internationally. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of like my background. And then more recently, I've actually I stepped away from um, kind of my day to day in the business, but still heavily involved as a shareholder. Cool, cool. That's that's great. I mean, that's that's really the ideal as an entrepreneur, right? Is to be able to to leave it and and have it running on its own. So that's incredible. Let, let's go back to the beginning, Daniel. I'd love to hear uh, how you started and how you entered a fairly niche market like this. Sure. So during, um, I guess, school, high school, uh, college, I was always hustling and 
I guess buying and selling clothes to students and jewelry and trying new different businesses and then it was always with my an old school friend Johnny uh, who we went we met when we were four years old so we knew we, we were complete opposites um, but we knew it would work to go into business together yeah and as as we were kind of thinking bigger um, about our future I had this idea based on the fact that we both had a baby gift to buy someone and we didn't really know what to get. There was nothing cool out there. And we were both buying into like Nike ID, um, just putting our initials, monogramming that uh, on the on the trainer. But it took six to eight weeks to arrive. So I was thinking there's got to be a way, that baby gift, you need that there the next day. Yeah. There's got to be a way to put this shoe concept and with the gift we had to buy. So... I said to Johnny, hey, we got to go into this. We, we need to launch a baby, a personalization business because personalization is going to be huge in 10 years. Um, and we kind of, that was like how the initial idea came about. Well, that's great. So, you know, you guys have grown substantially and we'll kind of go around the timeline a little bit here. I'd love to hear about about this growth because we, we talked some, are you, are you comfortable sharing some of those revenue numbers that we talked about before? Yeah, sure. So you went into a, into a market where you know the the only competitor or the biggest competitor in the market was doing 1.5 million pounds, and you guys are up at about 30 million pounds now. I'd love to know what that evolution looked like and what that growth looked like. Yeah, sure. Would you rather me talk in pounds or dollars? Oh, pounds is totally fine. We can uh, we got lots of uh, lots of smart people here that can figure it out. <laughs> okay, brilliant. So so um, yeah, I mean when we started. Um, we bought in like five, maybe four or five products to begin with. So we were at the beginning, we were paying 48 pounds to acquire a customer who was spending 15 pounds with us. And we realized that actually that's obviously not the way to, that this is going to work. So we, we built, we, we tried to build the business through PR and I guess this was pre social media becoming massive. Yeah. That's I, right. Yeah. You've been through the whole cycle. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I, I w it was actually, I'm mentioning pre-Shark Tank as well for a reason, because I feel like nowadays people starting their business were f are far more astute than we were back uh, back when we started it. But yeah, um, yeah so pre-social media, I was just getting us out there, getting our products to celebrities, turning up everywhere um, to the radio stations, TV shows, and each each bit of press coverage we got, we got to the next level. Um, yeah. Yeah, so our closest two com like competitors that we really set our um, eyes on was they were doing about one and a half million pounds, one million to one and a half million pounds revenue. They've been going about 10 years. So we just thought if only we could do that, that'd be great. Yeah. The, the first kind of couple of years we were doing around, yeah, maybe two, we got to about 250,000 pounds revenue. And we took an intern on board because we couldn't afford any staff. Yeah. This intern at the end of uh, eight weeks with us said, Hey, my great uncle wants to meet you. Um, he's in retail and he's done pretty well. So we asked her who it was, and it was a, a guy who's been very successful, uh, extremely successful um, in the UK. And we met him, and it kind of that changed everything. It changed the way we viewed the world, and in in a really good way. He was like almost before offering us a drink. He said when we went to his house for a meeting, he said like, "How much capital do you need to grow this?" and we kind of, from that day, we just started to think bigger. And I guess that's the biggest shift change in what we did. So we saw it grow from 250,000 and then it got to like 6 million within the next um, three years. Wow. And then, 
and then and then we we, we took on investment um and then we had prince george wearing our personalized dressing gown when he met obama wow in the uk so that kind of took things to the next level, basically. Wow, that's that's absolutely incredible. Uh, let, let's talk about taking on capital because this is something that we've been talking about a lot. There's a lot of a lot of companies who listen to this are kind of in that mid seven figure range, just trying to figure out how to scale up. And and most people, you know, most people that I talk to, they're pretty adamant on wanting to continue to bootstrap. Um, and and I would love to hear uh, some of the justification and and some of the reasoning for taking on investment. Well, I mean, it's about scaling quicker than you would if you if you didn't. But like I would say, obviously, grass isn't always greener on the other side. And there's there's loads. There's obviously different options. I think for me, ideally, I would bootstrap as long as I could, um, to, uh, holding control, um, keeping control for as long as I could and as much equity. But at the right time, I think it's about bringing on the right partner um, who really believes in the journey and is going to be there at the you know in the down times as well as the good times um and i think that is the key it's the timing where often i find well possibly from my own experience but from definitely from friends and from other people i know that they just a lot of people take on investment because it sounds great and a lot of people i'm seeing recently they think they need one to two million pounds but they haven't actually looked at why they need that and yeah. it just I, they almost feel like they're made like overnight millionaires once they get that first round in and I just I think bootstrapping is the best way to start it for as long as you can but then it's about supercharging it totally totally do you, what like when do you think that 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 makes sense in the evolution of a company because I, I'm totally with you I don't love you know pre-seed sort of ideas in especially in the e-commerce space um, I, I think that especially if I'm gonna bet on founders, I want to make sure that these guys have actually built a business, a substantial business that actually has some product market fit. Where, where do you think that, that that line is? It's funny because I actually think, so although I think um, that that first 100, 200,000 um, should come through friends and family, let's say, uh, if, if, you, if you can't put it in yourself, a part of me does think that actually if they don't know anyone that, is, that has money, and that they've got a really good idea that maybe in that instance, it's okay um, to take on that external money. But I think the right time is probably get that first 100 grand, 200 grand put in ideally from yourself or like close family and friends. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's just about, it's going a bit more than product market fit and obviously depending on the business size. But I, I personally would like to, um, would like to get it well into the seven figures um, yeah. before, yeah, at least one or two million in revenue, um, yeah. and and then even at that point, as I said before, it's it's critical. I know it's an obvious thing to say, but it's critical to do your due diligence on the right partner and speaking to people that have messed up and how the investors were basically. So, what are you looking for when you're you know when you were going to investors at that time? What were you looking for? What did that fit look like? What what were some of those factors you were looking at? So at the, at the early stages, it was about um, it was it was really just about the I guess well it was it was about getting enough capital to get us to the the next stage. For us, we wanted to invest in the personalization technology from the beginning, so we kind of did it a bit the other way around, where we really needed a bit of investment to start with. Um, yeah. But it was someone that believed in that concept. 
but when we then went for like the funds, the VCs, um, I think it was just someone that really believed in building a brand that had value and that had some core values that that we kind of we knew we might be turning away short term revenue for a longer term game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's tough now. This month's sponsor is Parker. It's the first card built exclusively for e-commerce. Free up cash flow and grow your business with Parker by getting net 60 terms on every transaction. And if you don't know how incredibly life-changing net 60 terms could be on every transaction, you need to know that that is an absolute game changer. So please go to getparker.com to chat with the team today and make sure you told them that Jordan sent you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in 2022, raising capital is just a little bit different than it was in, you know, 2020 and, and 2021. So things that there's all these cycles, right? There's all these cycles. And again, you know, uh, being in this world and, and seeing a lot of people do raising right now, I think making sure that you actually have the right partner on, on the other side, there's a lot of capital out there right now, guys, there's tons of dry powder more than there's ever been in, in history in VCs funds, they have to deploy this capital. Um, so you can still be choosy, right? I, I know that you'll hear from the other side all the time, like, oh, no, no, it's not a good time for, uh, for people raising, but like, there's lots of capital out there, guys. So, um, uh, Daniel, you know, 2022, we're recording this in August. What is working for you guys when it comes to marketing right now? So, um, I, I think, I think from a PR, which was always, celebrities which was like pre-influencers which now has become influencers um that's always going to be a massive part of the my first year's brand and story um and I, and I think that we've always thought of different angles different out the box ideas to get to the right people so that, that and that's still happening to today so that and building almost thinking of like for me it's about brand kudos and that was always and still is about being in with the the Selfridges, the Harrods, the, the the Nordstroms in the future, the um, British Airways we partnered with and cool. like really good partnership with them. But then there was Prince George, the Beyonce's Kardashians. So it's all of these kind of five or six brand kudos moments or partnerships that subconsciously get into the consumer's mind is critical for me personally in terms of driving the cost per acquisition down when you go harder on the performance marketing. And yeah. That, that we clearly see work all the time with us. Because you have the social proof from some of those really big brand moments that, that your CPAs just automatically drop because people people have already entered the awareness stage. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's more, we rarely uh, went on like, uh, spent loads of money on YouTube or top of the funnel, like digital activities. We're always about more um, the the PR, the influencers, celebrities, which you don't hear a lot of brands starting today. Yeah. They were, when I talked to them about PR, they're like, what are you talking about? We just do social media. That's like what we need to do. But for me, there's still that element of um, the, I suppose, building that aspirational brand that, and then, and then you see that through obviously like an increase in brand traffic, but then also just like overall traffic and then conversion um, because we're talking about it cleverly along the journey about all the things we do. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Daniel, you decided after 12 years to take a step back from the day-to-day. Walk me through that decision and how you, uh, how you made that decision. Sure. So I, lo- I personally love the 
zero to 50 staff, the zero to kind of 20 million revenue, um, getting the brand out there initially from an idea and getting the investors on board. I love all that. I'm, I, I'm super passionate about my first years still, but it got to the stage where this is, might sound a bit crazy, but it got to the stage where we started to have really like proper, proper people with really good experience and good corporate backgrounds as well. And my co-founder Johnny was um, was feeling the opposite of me, and that was a good thing for the business because he was thriving on having this level of experience management team, whereas for me it was all about that hustle stage, and yeah. that's what really kind of excites me, I guess. Um, so I, I felt it in 2019. I spoke to Johnny then. Then um, COVID then happened shortly after, so we didn't really have time to think about it. And then we had um, a fire in our in our distribution center, which wiped the, the whole building out and the business out for five and a half months in 2021. Oh my gosh! So there was someone basically threw like a petrol bomb into six buildings, like random attack, basically. But wow. that was horrific. So we spent the next five months kind of building the business back and the brand back. But it was also good thinking time. And I realized that actually this was the right time to, as we relaunch um, after a few months, it was my time to kind of step away and to, I guess, for now, work, my, my version of taking time off is working with and meeting other founders and giving value to other founders as they go through their journey, basically. So I will get the bug, I'm sure, at some stage to go all in. But for now, I'm enjoying uh, advising different businesses. Cool, cool. That's that's super great. Are you doing some angel investing at the same time with these guys? Yeah. So I, I've I've done over the last few years a bit of angel investing. That, that and I will um, continuing. Um, my how I'm set up at the moment is more advisory for equity, I guess. So my cool. my time. So I'm trying to be fifty fifty. Well. Yeah, 50-50, like half my time maybe fee-based or maybe a bit less than half. And then the rest, I'm thinking about like capital upside and advisory for equity. Really. Totally, totally. Which is, guys, is such a good way to, especially if there's these businesses that you believe in and you want to help. It's just a great way to be able to get in uh, to these businesses and be able to get a little bit of equity while giving an insane amount of value to them, right? Like especially somebody like you, Daniel, who has that kind of experience. Um, you know, I didn't yeah. used to really understand how that experience um matters and why it matters and i hear people talk you know like especially when you're in your you know, low 20s and you're just kind of hearing people and you're like ah whatever i can figure it out but now that i'm you know in my mid-30s i'm like whoa all those years of experience i understand now why and so like i always make sure i have a mentor and i tell everyone i'm like you gotta have like a coach or a mentor or somebody who's been there ahead of you so that's wonderful that you're doing that daniel yeah uh, yeah i couldn't agree more i think it's um it's quite overwhelming, but when yeah, the minute you realize that actually, say, say someone wants your help for a few days, forgetting the equity side, just say it's someone wants your help with a project or something, it's a really tough one because when you're like pricing that up, you're not, it's not a few days, it's 12, 13 years of your experience. Totally. It's, so it's really powerful, but I mean, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Daniel, I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what is your secret to scaling? thinking bigger than everyone else in your space. Um, I really, this again is gonna sound really simple, but the minute I started thinking bigger than anyone around me was the minute I started making things happen. It was thinking bigger mixed with not being content until that thinking was kind of like I reached it, mm. if that makes sense. And, and then 
and I guess that maybe at sometimes it's thinking too big, but that's that's how I have uh, thought about scaling, which is just your mind is everything. And if you think big, you're going to make it happen. Totally, totally. I, I used to, and I'm sure people on this podcast have heard this before, where I, I used to think about mindset and I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, that's just this woo-woo kind of stuff. But like mindset matters so much. The way you see the world, the size you see the world, like Daniel's talking about, really matters, right? If you're picturing the world in this little tiny pie, right, that everyone's just trying to split up, you see the world in a different way and you act in the world in a different way. But when you see this infinite pie, that we all can have, it's it makes things better. It makes your world better. So uh, I absolutely love that, Daniel. Thank you. Yes, no worries. I, I think it's um, and, and also not not kind of not taking no as an answer um, is is critical as well. Like all of that mixed together is, I think, the key to scaling. Awesome, awesome, Daniel. I got three more questions. Uh, I hope that you are ready. Sure. Great. Uh, first question: favorite tool or app? that you are using right now? It's probably the same as the last six, seven years is LinkedIn. Like, I know it's... I, I, Every I'm, time somebody says LinkedIn, I'm like, yeah, but I don't think the majority of people understand the power of LinkedIn. I mean, it's, it is like, it is addictive. I was, I was explaining to my wife whose equivalent is Instagram. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm on Instagram a lot as well, but... LinkedIn is, it's unbelievable uh, in every way. Whenever I've needed to get someone, it's, it's the way to do it or keeping up to date. It's just, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't know if I ever shared this on the podcast before, but uh, recently we were, we're going to raise a round for one of the companies we own uh, down in the States. And uh, I just posted on LinkedIn, hey, just wondering if anyone's interested uh, in potentially partnering. I've never taken on capital partners before. And I had 17 people in the first half an hour reach out, legit investors, like, you know, people who would write, you know, mid six to seven figure checks. And I was like, this is insane. This is like the power of, I'm like, if you guys aren't on LinkedIn doing stuff like this, this is the power of it. And obviously that doesn't come day one, it comes from building trust, but. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. But, but it's, if you use the tool in the right way, it's. It's the most powerful thing I've ever come across. Uh, absolutely. Uh, second question for you, Daniel. Favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? Apart from this podcast, uh, I'm going to go. Apart from that's the obvious, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go audiobook. Um, I'm doing uh, currently Shoe Dog again. I've done it a few times. Uh, uh, that's too. Yeah. What a great, what a great book. Just so inspirational. Like, <laughs> I love seeing people fail and yeah. them being just picking themselves back up. And oh, it's just so good. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, one more question for you. If you could sit down with anybody, you get an hour with them. Um, they have to be alive. You can have some coffee, tea, beer, wine. Can't be Elon Musk. Who would it be? To be honest, I, I think it's Mark Cuban. Okay. How come? I don't know. Well, first of all, I'm pretty obsessed with Shark Tank. Um, but I just think, uh, I think the way he thinks, how big he thinks, um, and what he's done and doing, especially with a couple of his businesses at the moment, I just, for me, it's very inspirational. Cool. Cool. That's great. Daniel, thanks so much for, uh, for coming on. Really appreciate your time today. Where can people connect with you and then potentially talk about uh, working with you? Sure. Um, so on LinkedIn, um, if you search like Daniel Price, my com my cu current company is called the Alberti Group, which is um, after my two kids, Albert and Bertie. 
Um, but yeah, on, on LinkedIn, Alberti Group or, or Daniel at albertigroup.co. Cool, cool. That's so great. Well, thanks again so much for your time today, Daniel. Thank you very much for having me. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.